listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when a sale does not go as expected, which I'm sure none of you have ever experienced before, and how you can avoid hearing the dreaded, I need to take this to my boss. To tackle this topic, we have with us Mary Lombardo, founder and CEO of Absolute Impact Corporation. Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you, Chad. I'm happy to be here. So before we jump in, I have to ask, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you have a law degree. And I have to ask, I've heard of a lot of transition, you know, origin stories on how people end up in sales because it's, you're never sitting around playing with, you know, dolls and fire trucks when you're a kid and going, I want to be in sales. But I got to know, how did we go from lawyer to sales enablement? Right. Trust me, you're not the first person. (laughs) Um, You know, it's not an obvious uh, path as business school, Chad, but uh, law school can and has served for me as a stepping stone in my career. And uh, surprisingly, it's not uncommon to find non-practicing attorneys in um, elevated positions in in the corporate world, at least that's what I've discovered. In in one of my previous positions uh, at a Fortune 1000 company, there were five of us on the same floor. So they all had um, law degrees. They all yes, we were all <laughs> you know the those those people that went to law school and 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 there there we were. So um, you know my legal education it's it's offered me a host of skill enhancements that I've applied to a wide range of industries and. You know, even though um, I do have a law degree and I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I've benefited by my legal education, particularly because part of my studies focused on legal concepts and frameworks, and that has had immediate applicability to the startup efforts um, for my company. So, you know, again, it, it may sound like an odd uh, trajectory, but, uh, but it's uh, surprising. There's a, a lot of us non-practicing attorneys out in the corporate <laughs> world. <laughs> Excellent. So for our listeners, can you give them a little bit more context around what we're doing over at Absolute Impact Corporation? Absolutely. So um, we are a corporate sales training company and uh one of the major components that we offer to sales teams is our solution called Smart Selling. And Smart Selling has been around for 30 years, and the co-founder, Larry Sugarman, and I have recently merged solutions. So part of the umbrella of Absolute Impact Corporation and our offering are targeted sales training to um, industries that have outside sales teams. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's jump in. Um, anyone in sales, right? Anybody who's ever carried a bag has had the experience of believing they have an account under control, right? And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you think you know where it's going and then out of the blue, uh, procurement sticks their head in, or all of a sudden you get some indication that it's slowing down or worse, it goes quiet. So when we were prepping for this, I'm kind of curious, why is this topic so important to you? And how do you suggest that sales reps keep from this, keep this from happening? 
Right. So I, I guess it's important to me because there's 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 several points here in understanding um, a sales cycle, I think. So um, I think that sales is a mix of art and science. Um, and, and the science piece cannot be overlooked here. You know, that somebody in sales, obviously, somebody successful in sales needs to have strong people skills. But it's, it's critical for a sale to have all steps in a sales cycle completed. Um, and 99.5% of the time, they have to happen in the correct order. And so, <laughs> you know, when, when something falls apart at the end, um, it's the result of, of three things, if you will. And, and so the prospect's view of the solution to their problem has changed. Um, or there is not unique capabilities alignment, and um, and the third is that going through the entire sales cycle without testing whether the person you're talking to has the authority over resources to make you know, <laughs> can't sell to somebody that, you, know, you, can't that, buy. you know I mean you giggle because you know <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yes so so there I guess the 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 main point that I want to make and why that's important to me is because I, for sure, have been part of the just getting swallowed up in the whole relationship without really doing the methodical legwork uh, in order uh, to have a deal close. Right. Well, I mean, sales is a discipline, which yeah. those of us that have been successful at it have, have figured out. Right. It's funny to me when we, you know, when we work with clients and you spend a lot of time with uh, uh, millennials or the younger, let's say less experienced. So let's say yeah. five, yeah. you know, sub five years of field experience. Uh, and it's funny um, to see them making some of the same uh, assumptions that I made when I was, when I was carrying a bag right out of the gate. Right. And Correct. it's, it's fine. They just keep repeating themselves and all that seems to change is the context, uh, right. from the buyer's perspective. Right. And so when we, you know, the, so there's the, all right, um, we, things go dark. It goes, it goes a place where we don't expect it to go because we haven't worked our discipline. What about, um, procurement, right? We'll often hear you get all the way through the sales process. And, and I actually had a situation where somebody came to me and said, no, 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 they never once brought up price. And I'm like, they right. will, right. They, they will yeah. just wait. Yes, they will. No, no, no. I've got this under control. They've never brought up price. And then, you know, two days later, Hey, so, uh, I got to talk to this guy from procurement. Yeah. Right. And in yeah. procurement's first words is going to be too expensive. So right. I'm kind of curious what top two things would you suggest sales reps do to avoid this? Well, they have to get procurement involved as soon as possible. A-S-A-P. A-S-A-P. Yep. So, you know, procurement, their mission is to provide that person that has the authority with the lowest possible price. So it's important uh, that they understand the value that I, as a salesperson, have created with this prospect because if they have no concept of the conversations or the value that's been created or my unique capabilities, they're just going to look at me and the other competitor or competitors and they're just going to look at price. 
<laughs> and the lowest price will win. Yep. Yeah. It's, get them, you know, I agree 100%. Get procurement involved early. Procurement's got goals and objectives too. They've got metrics they got to hit. So work to understand and, and get them involved. Uh, I think it's a great thing. And it's funny, I, no matter how many times you say it or how many stories you can tell where, you know, it was a benefit or it hampered something, uh, it still seems to be the last thing that sales reps want to do. And I'm kind of, you know, the procurement has this. I don't know, this view, they're the boogeyman. It's like, nah, right. just get them in early. Make them part right. of the process. Right, right. And, and you know, sales are, um, they're very relationship-based, uh, at least in my world, in consultative sales, they are very, very relationship-based. Um, if, if it was a transactional sale, um, you know, if we were selling computers or cell phones, I mean, you really, you don't need to develop a relationship. When I want to buy a cell phone, I go to the store and I buy a cell phone and, you know, I... I We'll never see that person again. Uh, but, but, you know, the types of consultative sales um, that that I have been accustomed to, and probably you, Chad, um, are very, uh, you know, multi-million dollar, multi-year contracts that require managing um, managing everybody that's involved in that institution and compelling people to think differently. You know, like we have to compel people to think differently. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, going to procurement at uh, the 11th hour is not a good idea. (laughs) All it's going to do is push things out without a doubt. Yeah. And I, and you're right. I mean, I, I mean, I've done transactional sales. I, you know, made my mark with the complex sale. I love that. Uh, yeah. I love the complexity of it. And it was always, you know, I always used to tell the teams when I ran them, uh, you know, just getting the contract signs, like, you know, you're maybe 40% there. <laughs> right. You may have That's taken right. 18 That's months right. to get that done, but now you've got to actually get them to the point where they realize the value you just sold them. Um, so it's much longer, much more involved and the relationships are, are definitely a heavy part, but you end up in a, so a lot of sales reps will end up in a situation procurement comes in, Hey, Hey, it's too expensive. So why do you think so many reps today still continue? It's not like this is a new thing, right. still continue to fall back to, okay, I'll discount. Like I'll just, I'll just discount. Why, yeah, why do you think most reps just do that instead of pushing back and, and having a deeper conversation? Right. Personally, I think it's, um, you know, it's that hasty decision, just wanting to close something, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, just something. I don't, I don't really care what it is, just something, you know, we, we as salespeople, we all know the pressures of carrying a quota. And, um, and sometimes it can just be that, that, uh, salespeople are not close to making their number and we carry, we have a lot of pressure because of the number that we carry, but you know, it can be very short-sighted for a salesperson. And it's not that I haven't done it myself because I have. Um, and I've learned the hard way that um, not every sale is a good sale. So, <laughs> you know, not every sale is a good sale. If I, if I want to sell something just for the sake of selling it, it may lose the relationship in the end. And I personally believe that the relationships are, are more important than a quick sale because those relationships are going to turn into more relationships or future business. And so that person needs to really be invested in the problem that the prospect is trying to solve. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And the relationship, the relationships pay dividends far beyond whatever current account they're at or current opportunity, right? They go okay. different places and they're going to remember the relationship. They may not even remember what you sold them, but some of the people that are my best friends today are guys that I, guys and gals I sold to over the last 17 years. Yeah. Uh, and they become, you know, great friends because you they go through the trenches with them, right? That's right. They most certainly do. And, and they, they begin, you know, they begin to view, um, us, you know, as trusted advisors, you know, and I think that there's, um, I think that when we get to that place, when we're able to take a relationship from the preconceived notion of this is a salesperson who just wants to sell me something and really doesn't care about me, when taking that veneer and changing it to this person knows their subject matter. They're knowledgeable. They know trends. They know my business as well as I do. They understand my problems. They listen more than they talk. <laughs> uh, you know, um, they they um, they are here to help me. And you know, kind of switching that mindset. Once you're there, Chad, that's the sweet spot, and that's where the magic happens. Because as you just said, those relationships will pay off far more dividends than a, an immediate quick sale. Yeah. There's nothing like, I mean, there are sales reps that are just like, Hey, I got to close something. I want something in the pipeline, but you, you really have to slow it down a little bit and right. ask yourself, is this good business? Is this right. a good deal? Not just for your company, but for the person you're doing business with, right? Perfect. If you force something bad down their throat, they're, they're going to remember that. And that relationship's not going to be one you're going to be able to rely on in the future. That is absolutely correct. Uh, again, you know, not every sale is a good sale. Um, uh, for me, I, I want people to trust me and I want them to be happy and know that I'm vested in whatever it is that they are trying to resolve. And, and by taking that posture and comporting myself in that fashion, um, it, it creates longstanding results. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So when accounts go dark, so we've talked about pricing a little bit. We've talked about, you know, making sure you, you're working your discipline, you're working your process. Um, but everybody's had those accounts go dark and, you know, and a day goes by and you get a little anxious and a week goes by and you start to sweat. Um, you know, you spent the time to work with them, build rapport, get them partially through the process. I'm kind of curious if you have any tactics or, or approaches that you recommend for reengaging with an account when it's gone dark that you found to be particularly effective. Uh, yes, I do, actually. And so... Yes, this has happened to me, and it was certainly part of my um, early learning process. And part of what we teach in smart selling is, um, and as I mentioned earlier, I believe that um, sales is an art and a science. And typically what I, I think the reason that accounts go dark is because of a failure to create that whole tangible, logical, step-by-step -step timetable of events with people that have authority over resources. Right. So the, the science part is, okay, you're so you, you need to increase sales by $5 million by the end of this year. That's the goal. Okay. So who needs to be involved in this decision? Oh, the board needs to be involved? Okay, well, why don't we put them on the calendar for next week and I can talk to them or we can talk to them together? 
who else needs to be involved in this procurement? Oh, procurement needs people. Well, I guess I better go downstairs. Can I talk to them today? Maybe let's go downstairs and let me talk to them right now. Um, and so creating this backward step-by-step time model, or, you know, timetable of events will, um, will mitigate any Re- other reasons, hopefully, that accounts would go dark. So it's the, the science component and the logical component of sales, like the tangible, here's the nuts and bolts. So you want to be here? So let me get everybody else involved and let's put it on the on the calendar. Right, right, exactly. Having that plan that everybody's bought into, that you can hold each other accountable to, definitely helps keeping them from going dark. Completely right. agree. Completely right. agree. All right. So what do we what do we see? So I mean, a lot of these things that we've talked about so far. I mean, these are kind of standard. What I would consider standard sales problems. I, I don't want to say age old because well, it shows how old I am. But <laughs> it's not like we're talking about new stuff, right? We probably if there were podcasts twenty years ago, you and I we'd be talking about the same stuff. But that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> let's look to the future a little bit. I'm kind of curious what you see as kind of the next emerging trend in sales that that sales professionals should be aware of, and and if you've given any thought to how how they might address it. Sure. So, you know, obviously the internet's made it easier for prospects to develop um, a better understanding of product capabilities without having to deal with salespeople. (laughs) And so so it's already had a a huge impact on commodity uh, sales like you know, books or shoes, or I do a lot of shopping online, even pencils. So, and now, you know, that we're, we're going to have drones flying through the air pretty soon. So (laughs) I think we do in some, in some, to some degree. Um, But for more complex solutions, it's my personal belief that sales professionals are still going to need to um, be knowledgeable in their area and you know, expert problem analyzers and listeners and knowing trends. And just because a product looks like it can do the job that a prospect's looking for, it doesn't mean it's the right one. So um, for example, you know, automating an inefficient process can just end up doing the wrong thing faster. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. Um So I think that really being a subject matter expert, knowing what is really driving that customer, and here's where the people skills come in, you know, what is this prospect's real issue? And are they really saying it? So is it somebody's job is on the line? So they really need to make some changes. Um, it's, It's really, it's important to know what the what the real driving force behind what people are saying is, and this is for you know complex types of sales, obviously not for the cell phones and not for books or shoes. Um, but I, that's what I think. I think people need to really know the industry that they are working in and why they are working there, and being able to show up as as really a trusted partner. Perfect. And we can't, we cannot underemphasize how important, and I think you're right, it's going to be even more important moving forward. That ability to understand the perspective of the person you're working with, 
right? And become that trusted, relied upon, uh, go-to person to be, you know, a backstop brainstorm. How do I solve this problem? Somebody that they trust and understand, uh, that requires a lot of emotional intelligence as well as, as well as the discipline, right? So the, the field of sales, especially as we get into more of the technology, taking away some of the commoditized spots, I think, uh, I think it was Jeb Blunt said in his book, you know, in, in 10 years, there'll be sales reps that tell robots what to do and sales reps that are told by robots what to do. Ah, touche. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. Um, we ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each interview. And the first is simply, uh, you're a revenue executive. We run in a company. Um, that means you are a prospect for other people, for other sales yes, professionals. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> yes. So help our audience understand, um, you know, what gets your attention when someone's trying to sell to you? Someone you don't know, that's not a referral, it's not a warm intro, but somebody were really prospecting into you, what would get your attention? What works best to, to capture that and build credibility? Um, I think, well, there's several things, you know, are they really interested in knowing about me and my situation or do they just want to sell me something would be the first um, the first item, you know, do they appear knowledgeable? Um, I want to be able to, um, get the sense and the experience from someone sitting across the desk from me that they know what they're talking about and are they willing to listen? Um, you know, as I said earlier about being willing to listen more than speak, well, when the tables are turned, um, I need to see that they're really taking in what it is that I'm saying and not just talking at me. Um, also, their, their tenacity. Um, so if they're really trying to reach out to me and they, they, they're consistent, um, then that tells me they're going to work hard for me. And, and, and finally, I guess, have they done their homework? Um, you know, if somebody came in, if I allowed someone to come into my office or met with someone and they said, okay, tell me your problems, that meeting would be over. Right. So, you know, that would be like, what? No, I'm not going to invite you in my house and tell you all of what's happening here. So, <laughs> you, you have to know at least a, to some cursory degree what's happening in my business, why you're sitting across from me, why I gave you the time. And um, are you really interested in knowing about what's going on in my business or do you just want to sell me something? Perfect. Perfect. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. There was one thing you could tell a sales marketing or professional services person, just one piece of advice you could give them that if they listened, you believe would help them hit their targets, crush their targets. What would it be and why? (laughs) Take smart selling. (laughs) (laughs) Really? anybody but um one piece of advice i guess would be nobody uh, nobody really cares about you or your company or your product they really only care about their problems right so talk about what they're interested in first and you'll have more than enough time to share but only when the time is right Perfect. Perfect. Mary, can't thank you enough for being on, on the show today. If a listener's interested in learning more about you, Smart Selling, uh, Absolute Impact Corp., what's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. So um, they can email me at mary at absoluteimpactcorp.com or they can find me on LinkedIn as well. 
Excellent. Well, thank you again, Mary, for taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Chad. My pleasure. Have a great day. All right, everyone. That does it for this episode. Please check us out at b2brevexec.com. And you know the drill. Share it out there with your friends, families, and coworkers. Uh, Leave us a review. Let us know who else you'd like to have on the show. Uh, Always open to suggestions from the audience. And until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.